Welcome to Lifestyle Solopreneur, the community for entrepreneurs who put lifestyle first. Join your host, Flavia Barris, as she interviews successful lifestyle solopreneurs and shares ideas to help you find the perfect balance between lifestyle, business, and self. Flavia is an attorney, marketing expert, and founder of several online academies. She's been featured in major media, including BBC World News, The Wall Street Journal, the New York Post, ESPN Television, and more. Join us for this episode of Lifestyle Solopreneur. Hey, Lifestyle Solopreneurs. Today, we get to speak with Allie Boone. She is formerly an aerospace engineer, and she's now a lifestyle entrepreneur, real estate investor, and coach. After leaving her nine to five to pursue ultimate freedom through entrepreneurship, her company, Hipster Investments, managed to facilitate over $18 million in real estate transactions in its first five years of business. She loves being able to work from wherever she wants, whenever she wants. Her ultimate goal is to someday challenge Tim Ferriss to a lifestyle design duel. Oh, I would love to see that. Welcome to the show, Allie. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm super excited to chat with you because you're someone who is like me, just a lover of many things. You know, you have lots of different hobbies, things that you dabble in, things that you go all the way in. I know we share one love in common, which is we're both in aviation families. Yes. I know we, on my side, love aviation. You not only were an aerospace engineer, but also a pilot. I am. I former engineer and current pilot, although I got to get back on that pretty soon. So tell me, how does someone transition from engineering and also aviation and end up in real estate? Very carefully. <laughs> Actually, even more than very carefully, in my case, very unexpectedly. The really what it came from, and I'll just kind of give the punchline of it and we can expand on you know what people might want to hear more about is I just wanted out of corporate. That was, I spent all those years in school did, you know, I grew up with a typical mindset, go to school, get good grades, get a good job. What more secure job is there than aerospace engineering? So I thought at the time, and I was flying airplanes already. And I thought, oh, engineering must be the same as flying. It is not for the record. And, you know, so I went through all that school, did all the things that I quote unquote should do. And I tell the story all the time, but basically I landed what a lot of would perceive to be the dream job. And I showed up at my very first cubicle. And before I ever sat down, I, I'll never forget, I turned the corner and I looked in the cubicle and the, vo I, it, the voice was like, oh, this isn't going to work. And I was like, oh, seriously, I haven't even sat down yet. Like, this is bad. And so after all that school and everything, from the minute I started that job, I wanted to find a way out. And I didn't really know what that was going to be because I could fly airplanes, I could do engineering, but I didn't really have practical stuff or practical skills that I could start a business with or whatever I was going to have to do. And so for the next five years, I just was exploring everything. And so I just kind of dove in really generically, very broadly and was like, okay, I don't know how I'm getting out of here, but I got to get out of here. And I just kept reading books. You know, you mentioned Tim Ferriss. Of course, I read the four hour work week, rich dad, poor dad, all sorts of books with people who had either quit their jobs or something to try and get ideas of how I was going to get out of here. And the conclusion that I came to, it seemed like 
the people who get out of corporate either do so by starting a business or doing something real estate investing related. Those seem to be the two kind of primary tickets out. But even then, I still didn't know what that looked like. And kind of skipping to the punchline of the story, I decided to start a business. I didn't even know what business I was going to start, but I was at work one day and I got this random advertisement for a particular real estate investment. And I thought, while I'm still in corporate and while I still have this Friday paycheck and health insurance, which I still miss on occasion, I might as well do something smart with my money. Because once I leave here, I'm not going to have a W-2 for mortgage. I may not have money to invest with. So while I'm here, might as well do something. So I started investing for myself on the side, not for a very long time, putting two and two together, that that would be what eventually got me out. But one thing led to another, the people I started meeting and networking with, that's really what kicked it off. And there was a moment in time where I was like, wait a minute, what I'm doing in real estate, I could also do full time. And so that was like, oh, here I am thinking these two are separate things when in reality, that was going to be the ticket out. So I started really kind of building the business. I know I'm kind of being mysterious about what we haven't even talked about what the business is, but I started kind of building it while I was still in corporate. And then eventually I jumped the corporate ship to do it full time. And this is actually the 10 year anniversary of my company. So it's kind of an exciting year and things have changed a lot. So yeah, I literally, it'll be September of this year that I said goodbye to corporate. Amazing. And I know there's a lot of people listening who have that same feeling you did, maybe every single workday where they walk into their desk area or their cubicle. Every minute of every day of every year. That was totally me. I know. And if you think about it, most of those corporate type jobs are 40 hour plus a week jobs. So that's a big chunk of someone's life that is spent at, you know, a desk where they would rather just be elsewhere, but they feel trapped. And I think what I I love about your story is that most people would have that, you know, sinking feeling in the pit of their stomach and they'll sit there and they'll maybe, maybe not hate their job, but not love it and just Mm kind of be stuck and stay because of the health insurance and because of the stability and having a paycheck and they won't make, take any risks. They won't make any moves to leave. But I love that you started with just reading and research because Mm -hmm. for anybody that's nervous or worried, your first step could be a baby step. You could just pick up the right books and start feeding your brain with things that are inspiring and can teach you skills that you can leverage into a different lifestyle later. You mentioned a few books. Do you have any others that you would recommend to be on the bookshelf of anyone who is like a cubicle prisoner? Oh, I don't know so much specific to the cubicle prisoner, but whether it's related to what somebody ends up doing or not, some of my absolute favorite books, there was a point in time where I told people that the three books that changed my life the most, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and that's not even just for real estate investors, because, you know, Robert Kiyosaki is primarily known for real estate investing or investing guy, but the concepts that he explains in there around money, just his concept of being an employee versus a business owner versus an investor, all of that in my mind can be game changing for whatever it is you're going to do later. So I think rich dad, poor dad, I mean, that's what changed because that book also too, I know for me and I've heard from other people, that's what suddenly made what I wanted possible because it's kind of like, oh, well, we all want the dream life, whatever, but it put it into more practical words. So that was really helpful for me. A game-changing book for me also was The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. And it's technically a business book and it's very small. I've read through it completely a couple of times, but also for other aspects of life or if you become an investor or whatever it is you do, it also, in my mind, paints a really good picture and a clarification on 
some concepts that I think people get really confused about. And if you're trying to leave corporate, let's say you're trying to start a business, it's so easy to start a business that doesn't at all actually fit your goals or whatever. And so I think this book really helps. And then the most broad book that really helped me was a Jack Canfield book, The Success Principles. And that is a that is a fat book. It's a big one, but I think it's some number, I don't know, 90 or 100 or 101 principles in life. And it's not specific to business or investing, but just kind of general life stuff. Because in my experience, and this is something we can dive into, is that starting a business or leaving corporate, you even kind of alluded to this, whatever it is that you're thinking of doing, or you had mentioned people are scared and don't want to take the risk. So much of that, if not all of it, honestly, is a mindset situation. And, you know, like a big one, if you're going to quit corporate or whatever, is fear of failure. Like that's a pretty common one. Well, understanding better what failure really is and the opportunities it gives you and really taking the judgment out of it, because is there such thing as failure? Maybe not. And so that's where that book comes in, the success principles, because you can study business books, real estate books, investing books, whatever it is, book that you're trying to figure out. But none of that is really going to help you if your mindset is kind of off base. And so I really think that a lot of the mindset books, you know, if you find books from people who have done it, you know, like, of course, the four our work week is in that category also with Tim Ferriss. There's, I can't think of the guy's name that there's like the art of nonconformity. There's, I can't think of the name of the book. There's a guy who left his job. Anyone who's done that kind of thing, like Tim Ferriss, all those people, a lot of what they talk about is mindset. So yes, you can read all the how-to guides, but don't rule out those mindset books because I think ultimately the mindset component of everything is really what's going to make or break it. No, you're on that shelf as well with your book. So um, tell us a little bit about your book and why you wrote it. Yeah, that actually, it's funny I was saying all that. I was like, oh, that is kind of a segue into my book. Is That was actually my motivation with my book because when I was trying to learn real estate investing, when I would go Google how to be a real estate investor or look for real estate investing books, it's like, here's how you flip a property. Here's how you wholesale here. Okay, great. Those are the how-to guides. But in my mind, kind of like I said earlier, is that in my mind, there's no how-to guide in the world that's going to help you if your mindset's not right. And one thing that I really liked about Rich Dad Poor Dad is it was more of a mindset book, but those are kind of hard to find sometimes in categories like business and investing and finance and all that kind of stuff. And over the 10 years that I've been doing real estate, and I guess it was eight years when I wrote the book, it was two years ago, is I work with investors all the time. That's literally what I do is I work with buyers who are investing in properties and and I do real estate investing coaching. So I talk to people trying to be investors or who are investors all the time. So when I watch them and I see their situation and when I look back on my situation, it, there is a mindset about it. And so that's the, what I really wanted to bring up to people is so it's kind of like a prerequisite to the how-to guide, right? It's actually called not your how-to guide to real estate investing, but it's kind of that take a step backwards. Like, yes, I know when you want to get into real estate, you want to just get the property and get into it. But if you can just take a few minutes or however long before you dive into all of that and just take the time really kind of wrap your mind around how to best do this. You're going to better set yourself up for success later kind of thing. So that was really my motivation. I wanted to bring up things that I had seen in other people and in myself that I feel like most of the books hadn't really been addressing. Amazing. Can't wait to check out your book, by the way. It sounds like a great read. So for you, you said there's a little bit of mystery when you kind of explained what your business is. We know it's 10 years old. Uh, we know it's about real estate, but tell us a little bit about <laughs> what the company does and, um, and how you grew that. 
You're like, oh yeah, what, what is all this talk about what I do? So it really, one of the big, it was not the initial investment opportunity that I got that landed in my inbox that changed all of this, but pretty quickly from there, I graduated into investing in turnkey rental properties. The very short on those is they're kind of done for you properties. You still have to do due diligence and all that kind of stuff. But let's say that you live in California, like we do. It's super expensive, crazy high entry prices, negative cash flow every month. And you can buy a fully rehabbed house in the Midwest for $100,000 or $120,000, where after all expenses every month, you're going to pocket cash flow, whereas in California, you're not. So it opens up an opportunity for out-of-state investors to invest elsewhere. And that's one of the big places where the turnkey model comes in, because what happens is these companies go out, they're essentially big scale flippers, and they go out and they find distressed inventory. They rehab it in full, they place tenants, and they have property managers on standby to help you, well, to manage your property for you, since you're either long distance or there's different reasons to buy a turnkey. But so it is kind of, it's about the most hands-off way to own a rental property where in theory, if everything goes right, you're not having to do a whole lot. You're not swinging hammers. You're not flipping properties because a lot of people think that the only way to be a real estate investor is to do all of that stuff. I know I did. And then when I heard about turnkeys, I was like, wait, someone else does all the work. Tell me more. I wasn't trying to leave corporate for to do more work. I wanted to kick it on the beach. And I'm like, well, how am I going to kick it on the beach if I'm flipping a property? So that's what appealed to me about the turnkey model. And what happened was I was so excited about the turnkeys that I was telling anybody who would listen, I was like, oh man, guess what I found? Guess what I invested in? This is the coolest thing ever. And they're like, well, I want one. And suddenly, like, my cousin bought one, my mom's friend bought one. And at the time, the people that I was working with approached me and said, listen, you're sending so many people our way. If you'll go get your real estate license, we can pay you a referral fee just like a normal real estate agent. And you're already doing the work. So it's basically free money. And I was like, Okay. And so I thought this was just gonna be a cool side hustle. And that's the part that I didn't like a moron, didn't put two and two together that I could make a living doing that. And shortly after that, I started writing about my experiences on Bigger Pockets, which is a big, huge real estate investing website. And they found me writing on the internet and they asked me to be a writer for them. And so suddenly I started working with so many people that were interested in turnkey rental properties that became the business. So for the first probably seven or so years, that was a hundred percent of the business is I was really just playing matchmaker, helping people find turnkey properties, turnkey providers, helping them through the buying experience, all of that kind of stuff. And just in the last few years, and especially with COVID, I had always done real estate investing coaching kind of on the side, but it was never really that big of a thing. And so now my company has really kind of graduated into, yes, we still help people with properties all the time, but the coaching and consulting side of this is really on the rise right now, which is really fun for me because I get to talk to a lot of people. Oftentimes it's not about turnkeys, which is a nice break for me. So now it's kind of a two-part company where we do still help with turnkeys or turnkey-ish properties. And then, but really just trying to build that side of it where we're kind of a moral support for people trying to get in, they're overwhelmed, they are in analysis paralysis, all that kind of stuff where, you know, we can offer the more general services too, even if you're not immediately ready to buy a property. Give us some examples of some of your favorite case studies, like some students that have come through your coaching and consulting and kind of their journey, their story, uh, some of the ones that stand out to you when you think back. 
Well, one of my favorite ones, I, she's so funny. I still hear from her. Like, I won't hear anything from her for a few months. And all of a sudden, I'll get a text saying, help, are you available? <laughs> and she's so cool because she actually does nothing related to turnkeys. She does more flipping. And she initially came to me. She was already doing this kind of flipping stuff. She was a school teacher at the time. And she was, I mean, this woman just rocks and rolls. I'm just in awe of her. I was like, I couldn't even do any of that, all that stuff. And she had initially come to me saying that she, which a lot of people, come to me saying, you know, I want some amount of money per month in passive income. Let's call it $5,000 or 10,000 or I had a $20,000 recently. $20,000 recently one wanted it done in two years and she kind of had minimal capital start. And I was like, I don't want to be the person until you can't do something, but let's just say that you're going to have to put some extra thought into this one. <laughs> I was like, okay. But that's also kind of one of my things too, is I'll, I'll tell you like it is also, but going back to this woman, she was wanting all of this passive income, but she had a minimal amount of capital. And what I was hearing from her is how good and natural she was as a flipper. And so what we really kind of started working on is how to, even if your goal is passive income, how you could possibly use active income to get to passive income. It sounds backwards and it's like, wait, but I want passive. You're telling me to do active. Well, you need a certain amount of capital to get the passive income. And her case, she was so good and natural at flipping. I was like, dude, keep doing that and use that active income, get all of the active income and later convert that into passive opportunities. And the coolest example, one of my favorite things that ever happened with her, I can't remember exactly the details of it, but she was holding this one piece of property and she was thinking she could sell it for a certain amount. What would she do with that money? And we realized in working together that if she just put in, I'm kind of making up numbers here because I don't remember the exacts. It was either like 10 or $20,000 to make a particular improvement to this house that she could suddenly ask about 70 or 80,000 more for it to sell it. And so just with one call, just pointing out that one little, I mean, it sounds kind of benign as I say it, but she was in the mix and around all sorts of different things and wasn't thinking along those lines is like, how can, what are the things you can do in order to bring in more money? And if you only have to pay 10 or 20 grand to do it, to get 70 or 80 more, then she was like, oh my God, she was like, hello. And that's the capital I need to get this investment and blah, blah, blah. So it's kind of the fun stuff. You know, it's not that I'm necessarily solving anyone's problems for them, but oftentimes when you're in the thick of it, you can't see the forest through the trees. So having that outsider to be able to look in and be like, hey, well, what about right here or this part of the puzzle? And I kind of describe myself as a coach as kind of like your driver's ed driver. Like I do have my emergency set of brake pedals. Like if you're about to go zooming off into traffic, I can stop us. But otherwise, you're driving the car. I'm just over there offering guidance like, hey, turn here, turn there. Okay, watch out for that. You know, that's kind of the role that I play with the coaching clients. But there, it's so fun because I'm not solving people's problems because people really are still solving the, their own problems. I get to watch that. And it's so rewarding to see everything to come together. And it's like, oh, well, that wasn't so complicated. That's perfect. I love just hearing you talk because it just reminds me that real estate is no longer a boys club, number one. Like it that is not. knowledge for sure is not. And in fact, I was just having dinner with a good friend who is in real estate investing and she and her husband, so it's a husband wife team, but she, and they're 50, 50, you know, they're both the brains of this operation. And they, she was telling, they do multifamily by the way, which is a whole different area of real mm -hmm. estate as well. Um, there's single family homes, there's multifamily, which is apartment buildings. What I love about real estate is one, that it's no longer a boys club. And two, that there's so many different paths. Like when you said, yeah. you know, you don't 
tell them which way to go or drive. It's true because there's no just one road. Yeah. Uh, when you are a real estate investor, there are so many different paths you can take. And even in, like you were saying, in one particular investment, if you think of it as a mountain, you can go around this way, around that way. You can go mm-hmm. over, you can fly over it, you can tunnel under it. There's like so many different strategies that you can use. And that's why it's nice for your students to have you in their corner to help coach because again, sometimes it's not about not having opportunities or not having enough options. It's almost about having too many opportunities and too many options and narrowing down what you're going to do and what strategy you're going to use. Yeah, exactly what you're saying about how many options and different ways you can go about it. That's both the good news and the bad news, right? Like it's the good news for all the reasons that you said is that you really, this is a very unique industry. And this is a lot of what I dive into in the beginning of the book is really talking about the unique dynamics of the real estate investing industry. And exactly what you said is it really is open to anyone and you can individualize anything, any way that you want and make it work for you. You can, there's just, I mean, there's something for everybody in this industry. That's the good news part of it. The bad news is most of who I end up talking to. So I usually end up talking on the coaching front to two different categories of people, either like this woman I described, she's already an investor and she's running up against some kind of obstacles or whatever. But the other category of people I talk to, which is probably the majority are the people in exactly the position you're talking about, where it's not a case of not having the information. We're in a day and age where there's too much information. The level of overwhelm that people are experiencing is huge. And so when you have an industry where there are a million different strategies that you can do and a million different ways that you can do each one of those, great. So many choices, but also, oh God, like that's a big pool. Like I don't even know where to get in the pool. And so people, you know, it's like, if you Google how to be a real estate investor, there's two problems. Number one, there's so much information that you can literally spend the rest of your life looking at all the information, taking it in and gaining traction on absolutely nothing. The second problem that I feel like a lot of people don't realize is no two paths in real estate investing are going to be the same because a lot of the way that people pitch it, it kind of makes it sound like it could be the same. It's like, oh, here's this how to flip a property course. It's 16 weeks long. I'll give you steps one through 17 on how to flip a house. It's not that that's inaccurate, but I guarantee you, you will not succeed with it in exactly the same way as the guy next to you because everyone has different strengths and resources and skill sets and interests. Yeah, three different people could all be very successful at flipping properties, but they're all going to be doing it in their own unique way. The basics are there. The foundation's there. You know, that 16 week course might be very beneficial and that's exactly what everyone follows, but you can't only follow those things. Like I've literally never met two people who invest in exactly the same way. Again, both good news and bad news. Great news because you can do it how you want it. Bad news is you can't copy somebody else's path. So that's where people, they're like, okay, well, and you always hear about like people complaining about rich dad seminars and like, I went to that and I didn't, I have nothing happened. And it's like, okay, they're not doing the work for you. Like you need to take what it is, make it yours and make it work. It's, you know, there is more effort involved there. And so that is a huge majority of people I talk to. And, you know, this could be a life thing too. It's just, it's so much information and there's not really one person out there who can tell you exactly how to do it. You kind of just have to, you kind of have to figure it out on your own. And that's where having a mentor, I know one of the biggest things in my life, even more as an entrepreneur than an investor, but same thing is having a mentor. I absolutely would not have made it to year 10 had I not had my primary mentor in the beginning because I was constantly just not 
able, I wasn't able to see my own situation. And I was nearly dangling off the cliff every, by the time I'd ever call him and he'd talk, give me some clarification, all that. And I was reset. I was like, okay, let's go. So that, you know, it goes back to what I said a long time ago of so much more of this is mindset. It's not just the 17 steps to flip a property. It's how you're going to make it work for you. And what are you going to do in the times of overwhelm and quote unquote failure or whatever? But yeah, it's, I mean, again, good news and bad news. And that is, I think that is actually even what I said in the book is, by the way, there's good news and bad news about this industry. (laughs) Like, you know, and there's a lot of examples in it. Like, good news. You don't have to have a good resume. You don't even have to have graduated high school to be a real estate investor. Anybody can do it. That's great news. That means it's all inclusive. The bad news about that is everybody can be a real estate investor. So you get to deal with those people. <laughs> like the personalities, there's no personality checks. There's no HR department. It's a little of the wild, wild west kind of thing. So again, it's a very, very unique industry. But if that kind of thing is your jam, it can absolutely work. But it does help when somebody can kind of help you along too. Oh, for sure. And I love that you call it the wild, wild west because <laughs> you know, it, yeah, there's, and there's so many. So I've been a real estate attorney, a real estate broker, oh, a so landlord. You know. property manager and real estate investor since before 2007, but really like in force since 2007, which was right before the last crash. So I've kind of seen the whole cycle too. And even with all of that here on the podcast, just in the last couple of years, I've had guests on that have opened my eyes to areas of real estate that I had never even been exposed to. And I'm someone that's lives and breathes real estate. And I met here on the podcast, you can look back at another episode, a note investor, someone Mm -hmm. who just purchases non-performing notes and gets them performing again and builds a note portfolio, but has never owned any real estate. It's the notes that are, well, actually did eventually get into real estate, but there's so many different things that touch on the world of real estate. And the one thing that I think a lot of of people who are wealthy and well-diversified have in common and that there's almost always a nice chunk of their income and portfolio devoted to real estate type investments in some way or another. And that's something to learn. You know, if you want to build a legacy and something to pass down to your kids, and there's a reason that we have so many real estate industry guests on this show, it's because lifestyle, solopreneurship, we're all about lifestyle Mm -hmm. here. And the real estate industry really has a lot of work that lends itself really well to having a great lifestyle that's very flexible. You can kind of like create your own, you know, instead of, um, instead of just fitting into that cubicle that we talked about earlier. Yeah, absolutely. And even if, you know, even if you're not trying to leave the cubicle, you're not trying to leave your job. And I have, I, if not even the majority of people that call me, like there are some active full-time investors, but most people have a full-time job and a family of five. They don't have there's a difference between someone who's wanting to make a career out of real estate investing and someone who just wants to do some real estate investing. Like I did when I was first starting, I just wanted to do something smart with my money. I didn't know that mine was going to turn into a career. And a lot of people, you know, it doesn't have to be a career, but that goes back to the flexibility of the industry where you can be an active full-time investor, or you have that full-time job and that family of five, and you just want something to put your money towards, you know, the banks aren't paying anything for interest. Stocks are a little volatile and kind of scary. And my theory is that one thing that will never get outsourced is people are always going to need somewhere to live. There's no way around that. And so for me, it's a pretty secure investment. And so you can do that on the side and just let your money start working for you. Because if it's sitting around anyways, it's not doing anything under your mattress or in the bank, which at this point, the bank is 
the equivalent of under your mattress for all intents and purposes. And so, you know, why not let it work for you instead of working against you? And especially right now where we are in 2022, inflation is skyrocketing so hard. One of the only hedge against inflation that I know of, and there might be other ones, is real estate. The more inflation goes bananas, the more profitable a lot of different real estate strategies end up. So if for no other reason to consider real estate, don't let inflation get you down. Like let inf- learn to let inflation work for you instead of against you, which is not going to change the price of your toothpaste. There's not much we can do about that. But it is it, real estate is one of the big guns right now against inflation. I think this episode has been super inspiring to a lot of people. I, I can count on it. So how do people connect with you? How do they follow you, get a hold of your book and find out more about your coaching and consulting? Well, I would love to talk to anyone interested. I love saying hi and meeting people anyways, but... Since we talked a lot about the book, I actually set up a link specific for your listeners to get a free copy of the book. And that link is, so my company's name is Hipster Investments. So if you go to hipsterinvestments.com slash solopreneur, then you can get a free digital copy of the book on there. If you're like me and you have to hold a paperback, there's a link to the Amazon store on there as well. But once you do that, there's information on how to get a hold of me personally, more information on coaching. And yeah, I, for anyone who's thinking about it, I can tell you mentoring and coaching was game changing for me. And even if we only meet once, like just give it a whirl and see if it changes things. A lot of people call me and I only hear from them once and then they're off to the races. And, you know, sometimes it's just a very small check-in with somebody that can make all the difference. And and I love doing it. It really brings back my old engineering brain of helping you work out your puzzle pieces and rearrange them. And your podcast is lifestyle. And I am the lifestyle queen. I love lifestyle stuff. So you'll definitely be supported in that arena for sure. Well, Allie, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Can't wait to connect again and keep doing what you're doing. You're inspiring a lot of people. Oh, thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for having me on. Guess what, lifestyle solopreneurs? If you don't yet have an online business earning you enough passive income to live the life of your dreams, I'd like to suggest you consider trying out Kajabi. Kajabi is an all-in-one solution where you can create and teach online courses publish a paid newsletter, launch a free or paid podcast, process payments, build one-on-one coaching portals for your clients, and much, much more. I personally use Kajabi to power numerous successful and profitable online businesses. Lifestyle solopreneurs, there's a free trial of Kajabi waiting for you at this link, www.kfreetrial.com. You can try Kajabi for free, no obligation, by going to www.kfreetrial.com kfreetrial.com. Again, kfreetrial.com. And that K stands for Kajabi. Starting an online business helped me break free from that corporate grind. And I hope it does the same for you. You have nothing to lose and absolutely everything to gain. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and see you next time.